that's a growler. Do you feel like you took a wrong turn in life? Welcome to Morrow's Motivations, where we talk with people who educate, motivate, and captivate you with inspirational stories. Here's Dontrell. Thank you, Dave, and welcome. I'm happy to introduce our award-winning podcaster, Mr. Dave Jackson, who has been podcasting since April 2005. He's been helping people understand technology for over 20 years. He launched the School of Podcasting in 2005 and has helped hundreds of people launch podcasts and recorded hundreds of episodes of his own. He has been a speaker for many years at the New Media Expo, Podcast Movement, PodFest, DC PodFest, MapCon, and other conventions. Dave Jackson was inducted into the Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame in 2018. Dave has been quoted to say, In 2005, I said podcasting was going to change the world, and it has, and continues to do so on a daily basis. For me, podcasting is a mixture of everything I love. It's creative, it's technical, and it's the way that I can help people. While I love playing the guitar, podcasting is my ultimate passion, close quote. Let me introduce, and without further ado, Mr. Dave Jackson. All right, Dave, thank you for joining me today. Ah, so glad to be here. Looking forward to this. Yes, me too. Um, For everyone that's out there listening, I have to say that I sincerely would not be in this spot right now being able to live out this dream of being a podcaster without this gentleman I'm talking to right now. He has been very instrumental with helping me and, and so many others out there to do this. So, I I just definitely want to start out by saying thank you personally for that. Oh, you're welcome. It's been uh, been fun working with you and getting you off the ground, and now you're out there flying solo. It's great. <laughs> I, I I definitely hope that I keep flying and and soaring. It's definitely been a ride, and I appreciate your patience with me today. I wanted to just give the audience a little bit about yourself and your story. I found as we've gotten to know each other, and also looking up your your bio, that you are, are a person who made your own path in this field. I just wanted to start out by asking you, you know, wh- what were some things that you did early on that you feel prepared you for the the life you're living now with podcasting? I think I've been lucky enough to have people that have somewhat forced me out of my comfort zone. So when I was in uh, high school, I w- and people don't believe this, but it's true, I was really, and I mean really shy. And I actually had a, a paper route, which actually was making decent money. And I got a job through my school as a, a grocery bagger, you know, stock boy kind of thing. And I got fired because I was so shy, I wouldn't talk to the customers. And so I get back to school and it was supposed to be this like business class. And really it was just get a job at a grocery store kind of class. There wasn't really a whole lot of business to it, but the teacher kind of pulled me in and he goes, Hey, I heard you got let go. And I'm like, yeah, he said, they, they just said, I, I didn't quite fit in. And he goes, well, you didn't fit in. Cause you, you wouldn't talk to any of the customers. And and I said, well, I'm just, I'm just kind of shy, you know? And uh, it's funny because he said, well, here, I'm going to give you some advice. And I'm like, okay. He goes, because I, I think I can get you another grocery job at another place. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And uh, 
he said, I want you to act the way, well, first he said, you need to be like your friend, Scott. And my friend, Scott was the direct opposite of me. He was outgoing and somewhat obnoxious and loud. And he said, I want you to be like your buddy, Scott. And I was like, it's like asking me to grow a third arm. I'm like, um, okay. And he said, what I want you to do is I want you to act the way you want to be. And someday you will be the way you act, which is basically fake it till you make it. But I did. I just tried to pretend I was outgoing. And that just kind of slowly, you know, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. And then about that time, I had to take a speech class and I found I could make people laugh. That really started. And I was like, oh, well, now this is fun. This isn't quite so bad. So I just had people kind of slowly pushing me out of my comfort zone. And when I got into podcasting, I had been doing a, a blog because by that time I was, I'd been teaching and uh, which is again kind of funny because that's you know what do you do for a living i stand up in front of people and talk so I, i'd come a long way at that point but uh i remember i'd had a i'd started writing a, a blog for musicians about how to to get more gigs and sell more cds and things like that and a friend of mine said uh hey there's this new thing called podcasting and i i looked into it and kind of figured out how to put one together but there was already this guy named Bob Baker. And he was like the godfather of all music marketing. And I'm like, well, I can't start a podcast. I'm like, cause like Bob's the guy, like, wh- who am I to like, you know, what the heck? And so everybody's like, no, you should turn this into a podcast. So I did. And of course, who was my first guest was I, I got to have the godfather of music marketing on it, Bob Baker on. And so before we started recording, I go like, how did you become like a guru? Like, how did you, and he goes, oh, that's easy. I just told myself I was one. I go, what do you mean? He goes, I just dubbed myself an expert. And he goes, because I had, he, he was a writer and he goes, I'd written some articles in a magazine and he goes, I'd played in bands before. And it just turned out that I, I, through his travels, he knew a little marketing and this and that. And he goes, you don't really have to know everything. You just have to know more than your, your students or your readers or whatever. And he goes, I just looked at myself and said, okay, you're an expert. And I went, Really? So it was weird that it wasn't like he had this, you know, man, he's like, no, nah, I just, you know, he goes, you got a magic wand laying around. I'm like, uh, maybe one. He goes, I'll just tap it on your head and go, you're an expert. And I went, okay. So again, it kind of pushed me out of my comfort zone. And uh, along the way, I've just, you know, I was, uh, I got hired to be in charge of the podcasting track at the time of a, a very large convention called the New Media Expo. It was the biggest one for bloggers and YouTubers and podcasters. And I was in charge of the podcasting track, which meant I had to pick all the teachers or the instructors and the speakers and, you know, all this other stuff. I've never done that before. And I just went, well, okay, what have I done before? Well, I, I was a teacher, so I'd, I'd done grades and things like that. I'm like, so I know how to to look at things and evaluate them based on kind of a, a matrix of some sort. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to make a matrix and I'm going to look at the potential speakers and go, okay, you know, does he have this? Yep. Does she have that? Yep. Does, you know, and the ones that don't, don't make the cut. And you just kind of, you know, kind of base on what you do know and, and what you don't know, you figure out and, and off you go. So, and that was just one where I lucked out because of my podcast, the, uh, the guy that ran that event, had talked to, I, I didn't work for Libsyn then, but he called the head of Libsyn and said, we need a new podcast guy. Who do you think would be a good fit? And he said, what about Dave Jackson? And then he called the head of Blueberry and said, who do you think would be a good fit? And they said, 
I don't know. What about Dave Jackson? And then he called the head of Spreaker. And I was like, you can't write this stuff. So <laughs> those people believed in me. And I was like, well, if they think I can do this, then I, I probably can do this. And and off you go. So that's kind of how I ended up where I'm at. And I'm still trying new things all the time. And it's sometimes it's a little scary and, you, and you're not sure how it's going to go over. But, you know, you, I always like to ask myself, what's the worst thing that could happen? And a lot of times it's like nothing that's really that bad that you can't recover from. So it sounds like others were able to see what you couldn't see in yourself for a time. They oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I still have, I still have people say things that, uh, like I, I've been told I'm a really good listener, which to me, I think all I do is talk. <laughs> and, but on the other hand, I am, I guess at times I've been told I'm a really good listener, but I think that goes back to being a teacher to, to be able to help somebody understand something. You have to figure out where they are. Cause that's all a teacher does. He takes somebody from where they are and, and he or she gets them to where they want to go. Well, the first step is you have to figure out where is this person and then figure out where do they want to go. And then it's your job to, to bridge that gap. So you have to be kind of a good listener. So Dave, how, how would you say for your own personal experience, you were able to overcome the introvertedness that you had and convince yourself and your own mindset that you were the expert that, that you literally are? Like, how, how long did that take you? Oh, a while. I, I still at times kind of fall back into that. But the uh, if we go back to the original area in high school, I kind of didn't have a choice. It was like, look, we're going to get you like you're getting up to the bat. You know, you, you're coming up to the plate again. We're going to go get you another job. But this time you better talk to people. So I didn't want to let my teacher down. And I'd already been when if you ever get fired, it is no fun. It does all sorts of really nasty things to your your psyche. And so I was like, okay, well, you know, and again, I kind of liked my teacher and I'm like, okay, if he says I can do this, I'm going to believe he can. I might not believe that I can, but he does. So at least I'm going to try. And I think that was it. I think the first time I walked in and I remember I was just kind of like, just even just walking in and going, Hey everybody, what's going on? You know, just that at the time was like ridiculously outgoing for me. And everybody's like, Hey Dave, what's up? And I was like, nothing. And it was like, okay, that didn't kill me. You know, so just a little thing after that. And then uh, just the whole imposter syndrome, I, I still struggle with that a lot uh, at times. It's funny because I'm very outgoing when I'm around podcast people because I can hold my own when we're talking podcasting. But this year, or last year, I guess at this point, I went to an event. One was for financial people. And the other one was for military people. And so, you know, people bunch up at these events and they start talking. And it was instantly uh, just obvious that I had no idea what anybody was talking about. I remember at the the uh, financial one, the guy said, well, you know, you could always just run it through another Monte Carlo simulation. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. Just zero. And it was funny because I was at a dinner for speakers. Well, I'm there to, to talk about podcasting, but if anybody's going to start a podcast, a speaker is probably going to be somebody who could really put that into place. And I, I just remember having this talk in my head that said, okay, Dave, you're in a room full of speakers. You're here to try to get new clients, quit hiding in the corner, get out of here and just walk up to somebody and say, what brings you to the show? That's all I have to do is walk up to somebody and say, what brings you to the show? Can you do that? Yes, I can do that. So this is all going inside my head. And I just walked up to somebody and said, so like, what brings you to the show? And that was enough to start a conversation. 
And then I was talking to that person and somebody else walked up and it just was that first step. And it's, it's a little bit like everything else. It's, it's usually not as bad as you think it is. It's the first step that you just think is going to be so hard. And it's, and sometimes it is, but once you take that first step, the second one's a whole lot easier. Uh, Right now I'm trying to lose weight and I have an exercise bike and I do so much better if I start exercising in the morning, but when I roll out of bed, that like the actual act of climbing on that exercise bike, you, you think I would be, you know, doing a marathon. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's 10 feet from my bed. I just have to walk from there to there and get on it, drink some water and off we go. And it's funny because once I get on it and I, you know, hit the little button and I start working out by the time I get off that thing, I'm so happy and I'm so proud of myself. But that just the, ugh, I don't want to do this. Oh, mm-hmm. it's going to hurt and it's going to be painful. And it's like, no, nah, it's really not that bad. It was actually it was almost fun. And look at me, I sweat. And hey, it, it pays off the next morning when I step on the scale and it goes down. But that first, the thought of it and the actual first, it just is it just like, uh, you think of the Wizard of Oz, you know, you're like, you're going, oil can. You just don't want to, don't want to move and don't want to take those steps. But once you start to do those, uh, it actually starts to uh, get a little easier. Yeah, so it's taking the the one step at a time and just putting forth the effort. Yeah, and I've I've heard it said that some people think you need uh, what is it willpower? Now maybe it's not even willpower. Maybe it's momentum to take that first step. And I forget the name of the book, but the guy said it's the opposite. It's taking the first step that actually gets the momentum in action. It's like you think you need this, you know, uh, discipline and things like that. And he goes, no, it's it's actually once you get that first step going, it's just a matter of keeping it going. So, and that's why I I still have to tell myself that because there's still you know days when I'm like, uh, I don't want to do this, but I just know if if I just started, if I just started, it'll get going and it'll be a whole lot easier. And before you know it, it's over. That's the other thing. I'll, I'll think to myself, and I'm like. Uh, cause there's some days when you look up and you're like, Oh, it's only 20 minutes. And then there are other days when you're like, yeah, it's, it's 20 minutes. And it's like, you know what? And you get on and, and you look up and you're like, wow, I've only got, you know, seven minutes left. That went quick. So I just try to remember those times that it's, it's really not that bad. I know podcasting is one of those things that you would call your, your passion that you're just so, so good at. Have there ever been days either early on or even now where you felt the same way about podcasting with your busy schedule? Yeah, not so much for the school of podcasting, but I've, I've done a, a number of other podcasts. And I remember one was called Weekly Web Tools. And I did that for about 10 years because I was designing websites and I would review these different tools. And the the tagline was tips and tools for the DIY webmaster. And after about eight years, it seemed like every time Either it used to be in the early days, I just would stumble across stuff. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really cool. And we went from just, uh, there were tools everywhere to look at to, wow, oh, I've already talked about that one. Oh, I've already talked about that one. Or I would, there was a list, there was like a a website that a whole bunch of stuff. And it just seemed like, because I didn't want to just talk about anything. I wanted to talk about one that was like, hey, this is cool. You should check this out. Mm -hmm. So about year 10, I was spending hours trying to find something to talk about. And I just remember I started putting out episodes where I wasn't that excited about whatever tool I'd found. I was in the kind of world of, eh, this'll do. You know, it's not horrible. It's not great. But I'm like, ah, it's something to talk about. And so I just found myself going, 
oh, I don't want to go spend three hours to create meh. You know what I mean? Just kind of like, meh, this will do. And so I just politely told my audience, I said, here's the deal. I said, you know, I, I will say I'm pretty much done with this podcast. I said, but here's the deal. I'm going to keep my files available. So if you want to go download the back catalog. And I said, and if I stumble across something that's cool, I'll put it out. But this is no longer weekly web tools. This is whenever I find one that's cool web tools. And that's the way it's been. So yeah, there've been a few. When I, uh, my very first podcast was for musicians and it was about finding more gigs and, you know, know, just how to run a, a band. Well, I'm not in a band anymore. I haven't been in a band for a long time. And that was another one that just after a while, they're really, anything I had to say about it, I'd already said. And I just was, and I, it was funny because I went from being religious every Monday that that episode would come out and then it was every other Monday and then it was once a month. And then it was, you know, it just kind of puttered out. So that was one I really didn't end very well. I just, I just, as what they call pod faded, I just quit doing it and nobody noticed. So that was the case. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. You, you just were able to say, okay, this is something I'm going to put in my like book of history and keep moving forward. Yeah. And I, at that point, in, in almost all those cases, what happened was I would find something else that excited me. And I was like, okay, I don't want to do a podcast about this anymore. But what if I did a podcast about like at that? I remember when I uh, stopped the uh, the one for musicians, I decided I wanted to start trying to be a little more healthier. So I started a podcast about weight loss and that's been going, you know, it's funny. That's another one. There are times I don't want to do that because I don't know when I don't want to admit that I've gained weight. The whole thing is I was supposed to be losing weight and I will lose weight and then I will find it and then I will lose weight and then I will find it. So it's, it's been kind of up and down, but that one keeps me going because I have, it's weird. I always kind of jokingly say I inspire people through failure because there are times when, uh, I will have people email me and they go, I really love your podcast. One, I'm not, I'm not doing that to try to make any money. Um, I have a, a Patreon account, but it barely pays for itself. It's just me literally talking to myself. I'm basically giving myself a pep talk. And people say, the biggest reason I like this is you don't quit. They said, if I was you and you know, I, I, they say, I'm kind of like you. I've gone up and down and up and down with my weight. And they say, I'm really ready to quit, but you haven't. So the fact that you're not quitting, I'm not quitting. And I just kind of laugh and go, inspiring people through failure. It's the Logical Weight Loss Podcast. So so that's why I keep doing that one. I've told myself I'm not allowed to quit that podcast until I hit my, I hit my uh, target weight. So that'll be hopefully sometime in 2020. That's awesome. That's awesome. See, you're inspiring people just by being yourself and just living your own dream. That's it. And you, you don't realize... Who's watching that one, especially the weight loss show. I did an episode once because I realized there are people, I need to lose about 30 pounds, but there are people in my audience that need to lose, you know, a hundred pounds. And I thought, wow, I, I feel at times overwhelmed t- trying to lose 30. And I said, I can't imagine what it would be like to, to have to lose a hundred. And so I did an episode on that. And I said, here's how you do that. Don't worry about losing a hundred pounds. Just put it out of your brain. I said, could you lose 10 pounds? And you might say, yes. And I said, so let's focus on losing 10 pounds and then let's just do it 10 times. I said, but first let's just, let's work on that first 10 pounds. And that was the episode. And I didn't think anything of it. Like nine months later, I get an email from somebody, Dave, I did it. And I'm like, what did you do? And they're like, I, I lost 10 pounds, 10 times. I just lost a hundred pounds. And I was like, you're kidding me. Meanwhile, I hadn't lost any weight. <laughs> I had, I, I'd gained it and lost it. But I, I was just kind of like, wow, I have to be careful with this because there are actual people listening, you know, so you, you never know who's listening and, and you never know the impact you're going to have on somebody. 
Well, I can honestly say that you've definitely had an impact on me. Listening to the School of Podcasting was one thing that really helped me to get, like I said earlier, involved in this great work. And in 2018, you were introduced into the Academy of Podcasting's Hall of Fame. Can you tell me how you felt when you saw all of that hard work that you had put into your podcasting career recognized in such a big way? How did how did that make you feel? It, it did. It, well, on one hand, it felt great when you get a phone call and it's my buddy and he says, uh, hey, we might need your help this year uh, because the previous year I had uh, a podcast that I listened to got inducted. And I just said, you know, I'm going to ask. All they can say is no. I said, so I, I contacted the Academy. And I said, look, I'm a huge Dan class fan. I go, is there any way I could induct that guy? Cause I got stories and they're like, okay. And nobody had ever done that. And they're like, okay, yeah, we'll let Dave do it. So my buddy calls me and goes, we might need, we might need you to uh, make another talk again at the hall of fame this year. And I thought he wanted me to induct somebody. And then he said, Oh, and, and by the way, that talk's going to be you because you're getting inducted. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I actually got a little teary-eyed because uh, it's, I mean, that's like the the Academy is made up of your peers. And so they're saying it's not, you know, something that somebody's stuffing a ballot. This is your your peers going, no, you've, you've done exceptional work and you've helped so many people and things like that. And then I had, um, I had a friend of mine who at the time was kind of going through a rough spot and I just wanted to kind of pay it forward. And I said, dude, would you induct me? Because he's known me for a while. His name's Daniel J. Lewis. And he created this, it was hard to follow, this really great opening speech explaining kind of my journey and things like that. And um, it's weird because one of the things about being a podcaster is you're, you know, you're in your closet, you're wherever you are recording, and you you see these numbers and you don't realize that they're people. And so here I was in a room and, uh, you know, they announce your name and, you know, the next inductee into the Academy of Podcasters Hall of Fame, Dave Jackson. And, you know, a couple hundred people give you a standing ovation. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. So it was, uh, it, it's still a little mind boggling. And uh, the, the thing I loved about it was I have done many, many presentations at different events. And I cannot tell you the number of times I practiced this thing. I, I didn't want to have it memorized, but I, I mean, easily a hundred times I'd gone through this thing. And within the first two minutes, I flubbed something. And I was so happy I did because I was like, all right, it's not perfect. Because in my head, I'm, I'm worried. I wanted this to go so perfect. And it's a lot of pressure. And I forget what there was a word I went to say, and it just didn't come out right. And I said, ah, I'm making up words. All right. And I just kept going. And in my head, I'm like going, there you go. It can't be perfect now. So forget about it. And if you can't be yourself in front of a room full of, of your friends, who can you be yourself in front of? So just chill out and, and do your little talk. And I did, and it was was fine. So yeah, it was uh, it was amazing. And it, it the thing that was weird though is when I got back and I went to record the next episode. Well, now I had this thing in my head that it's like, okay, is this Hall of Fame caliber content? And it really made it hard to press record. And what I finally had to do was like, well, wait a minute, why do you think they inducted you? And a lot of people were like. I just like your personality, Dave. I love you. You like to to help people and this and that, and, and you just seem so funny and natural. And I was like, okay, 
I need to be me. I just need to, whatever I want to talk about, whatever touches my heart, just be me, turn on the mic and be me. Cause that's what got me in there. And it, it took me probably a good month to kind of get over that to where I was like, you know, everything was like, was well, this hall of fame caliber? And I'm like, forget about that. Just, just keep doing what you've been doing. Cause that's what you got. Well, that's what got you there in the first place. So uh, it was uh, it was an interesting ride, and uh, it's it's still it's in my bedroom. So every now and then I'll glance over and I'm like, yeah, that really happened. Okay, well, <laughs> so, but uh, it was an honor. It really was an honor. That's awesome. What would you say to anyone, whether it was podcasting or radio work or even weight loss, to someone who's trying to do that or who would like to have the experience, but they're they're just stuck in their own mind and they don't know how to to get out, like what advice would you give them on how they can best get started to living out their dreams? Well, I mean, if we look at all the little stories I talked about today, whether it was, you know, coming out of my shell to be more outgoing or running an event or things like that, in the end, it turns out you are more capable of doing things than you think you are. I have this bike. It's not a Peloton. Those are way too expensive. But I have this this exercise bike that I like. I bought it for myself for Christmas. And you turn it on and it has these pre-made videos. And it's hilarious. So there's this fitness instructor. She's riding along with you. And all she's doing is saying, pedal faster. You know, and there are times when, you know, so I do and I start sweating and it's like, okay, now stand up and go even faster. And in your head, you're like, you are crazy. There's no way that I could go faster. She's like, come on, get it up to 120 revolutions per second. And you're like, I'm at 95. There's no way I could do 120. So I'm like, all right, but I'm going to try. My legs start really hurting and I look up and I'm at 120. And she's like, you can do more than you think you can. And I was like, well, apparently so, because I just did something. I thought there was no way I could do that. So uh, don't don't put yourself in a box. Uh, it's I think we do that because we like it. We like doing things we know because it's nice and safe. You don't have to worry about looking stupid or things like that. But, uh, you know, if you try anything new uh, for me now, it's like, well, I'll either learn something new or I'll have a great story for a podcast. So <laughs> it works that way. But I think we all can do a whole lot more than we we give ourselves credit for. In your opinion, would there be any age limits to a person being able to achieve their goals or dreams? Boy, that's a great question. I think it depends on the dream. But no, in a way, I mean, I'm not going to go win a marathon because I'm 54 years old and I'm not going to go beat some guy that's 22 that's you know been running his whole, whole life. Doesn't mean I can't run a marathon though, but it just means I'm probably not going to be number one. But I, I think a lot of it is mental. I think uh, half the things that hold us back, it's the uh, the mentality. And uh, for some reason, we, we don't remember all the times we've triumphed. If somebody reminds us like, yeah, I did that, we kind of downplay because we want to be humble. But boy, any mistakes we made, those are crystal clear in our brain and we can call them back anytime. So it's tough sometimes to uh, kind of shut that voice up in our head and go, look, just get out of here. I don't need you right now. I'm going to focus on the next thing and 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 get going. But uh, I sure hope not because, I mean, I, I laugh and say I'm halfway to dead. I'm, I'm 54. But, you know, I got a lot of stuff I want to try yet. I mean, I, I did uh, this year or last year now at this point. Uh, I have a pretty bad fear of heights. And through through podcasting and stuff, I met a guy that actually works on a hot air balloon T 
team. Like they go and chase the balloon while it's up in the air. And he said, Hey, we're going to be in your area. You want to come work on the team and chase the balloon? And I'm like, that eh, sounds cool. Kind of technology and stuff. I said, I'm just not going up in it. And he's like, all right, well, we'll, we'll talk about that. And it, it wasn't a case where the balloon went up and away. It was tied down and it was at some place where you're given balloon rides. It was no big deal at all. And uh, so they said, you go one up and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I like my feet on the ground. And I watched like three-year-old kids getting this thing and 70-year-old grandparents and things like that. And I finally you know, went, look, if they can do that, I can do it. So it was, it was kind of funny because I was the last person to get on. And normally you had at least three people in this basket. So it would kind of slowly float up. And uh, so I get in and there were three people in it. And then the one guy got off and I was bending down to, to pull my phone out. Cause I want to take a picture. Well, because there were only two people in the basket, that thing took off like a rocket. And by the time I got my camera out, I was like, Whoa, okay. And we're up and away. Uh, and so, you know, again, it didn't kill me. Uh, I kind of knew it wasn't going to, I thought worst case scenario, the rope breaks and we go floating away and I've got a team beneath me that can, you know, as long as we don't land on some power lines or something like that. And I said, and and if I, you know, so either I'll float away and die or whatever, but I'll get a great view or it won't. And I'll have a, you know, a, a story to tell. So, uh, you know, we can all do more things than, than I think we give ourselves credit for. I have to say you are very brave because like you, I am terrified of heights and even getting on a ski lift one time, started having a small panic attack and thought, I'm not doing this anymore. But at least I can say I did it once. <laughs> yeah. Same with the gondola getting down. Yeah, it was the thing was funny is I had my right arm and the minute I looked over the edge, my my hand had the death grip on that thing. And I was looking over and you know, I turned around and I'm talking to the pilot and everything was relaxed except my right wrist. It just would not it was like, Nope, we're not letting go. So I was like, All right, well I see how that's gonna go. But uh would you do it yeah. again? Yeah, actually I would. And now I do it, you know, it's uh I don't know that I would ever get up and fly away. That that would be that would be a different story, but yeah, I but that doesn't mean I'm gonna go like I was I forget where we we're at and there was something that did swings, like it was a some sort of carnival thing. And it was just one of those things where you had two chains and a swing that they strapped you into and you went round and I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm not putting my life on two chains that I don't know where they've been. I don't know how old they've been around. I'm like, and it's going to swing me up, you know, 70, 80 feet in the air. I'm like, eh, and that's okay. I'll, I'll keep my feet on the ground for this one. <laughs> well, I mean, the experience, like you said, it would definitely give you, if not a good podcast story, something you can add in your biography one day. I'm sure you're right. Yeah. I, my brother also has a pretty bad, just the whole heights thing just, kind of freaks him out. And uh, I, I texted him. I said, you're not going to believe what I did. And he goes, well, and I go, I went up on a hot air balloon. He called me and he goes, you did what? <laughs> so yeah, it's, it, it was, it was kind of fun looking back at it. And, and like I said, I think when I saw the three-year-old, I'm like, okay, if a three-year-old can do this, but on the other hand, kids are, they're not afraid of anything. They'll take on anything. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, you're, you're definitely able to do more than you think. So that leads me to the last question I had for you. How does Dave Jackson define success? Ooh, that's a good question because it's not money. I I can tell you that. Um, It'd be nice. I mean, money's, I I remember the days uh, growing up at one point I was on welfare 
And when I was in my 20s, I was married and we're trying to have kids and we're going through fertility treatments and we spent ourselves into bankruptcy. So not only do I know what it's like to be poor, I know what it's like to be broke, like straight up like broke, like there's not your your bank account is minus, you know, 100. That's not good. But for me, it, it I think it's just a matter of having not so much where you you get, you know, a big boat and all this other things, you know, it, it's just when you can realize that you have what you, what you want. So it was weird. Uh, my, my second marriage was a very weird exercise where I think we were married for nine years. And I'm going to say a good eight of those, we were in therapy trying to just straighten it out. Cause we, we got married kind of quickly and Looking back, it wasn't a very good thing. And it was just so stressful for so long that when we find, and if you can have a friendly divorce, we kind of did. We just realized we're like, we probably shouldn't have done this in the first place. But it's kind of like a, you know, to use Bruce Springsteen, you end up like a dog that's been beat too much. And so it was weird because I was sitting here one day in my apartment and I'd had some people sent me uh, an email and they were really stuck on something and I was easily able to get them over the hump and that was going. And the fact that I, I think I, I don't know, I ordered a pizza or something. It was just, and I didn't have to really think about like how much is the pizza. It was like, yeah, just let's order a pizza or I got something on Amazon or whatever. And it dawned on me all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, this, there's this weird feeling that's going on. I'm like, what, what is that? I'm like, I don't, oh, I'm, it's been so long. Oh my gosh, I'm happy. I forgot what this feels like to actually not have to be driving home and going, oh, I don't want to go home. It's going to be stressful and arguing and blah, blah, blah. And I was able to go online and and buy something and not have to go check my bank account 500 times and start doing math. And if I do this and cut this out and maybe if I don't eat for the rest of the month, I can buy this kind of thing. Uh, and so I, I, I don't know. For me, it's just contentness. On one hand, I always the teacher in me, I always want to grow. I always want to learn new things. I always want to help more people. But when I can realize that, you know, I it could be a whole lot worse. I guess is is one of a way of saying it. So, uh, as long as I can keep helping people, that really puts a lot of gas in my tank. And as long as the lights are on, and you know, I'm getting, uh, I I don't worry a lot about retirement because. As long as I keep my noodle, you know, as long as my brain's not scrambled, you know, it doesn't take a lot of effort to to be a podcaster. So uh, I plan on doing this and in, in, until I can't, you know, <laughs> and so uh, we'll just keep doing it until we can. So I guess for me, I, I feel successful because, you know, the lights are on, food's in the fridge, and I got a lot of friends. I, I'm going to uh, Boston this weekend to speak. And the minute I said that, somebody said, I'm going to be about 18 minutes from you. Can we have dinner? And to me, like life doesn't get much better than that. So uh, I'm going to have dinner with people that I'm dying to meet. And uh, it's it's going to be a good time. So to me, that's, that's success. Dave, that is awesome. Well, I am glad to hear that you are going to continue to do your podcast because I can guarantee I it will definitely be listening and continuing to learn from you. And I want to thank you so much for joining me and letting me have this personal interview with you. Dave Jackson, the legend, thank you again. And to all of our listeners, we look forward to having you listen to another podcast. Thank you for listening to Morrow's Motivational Podcast.
please join us again next time. Wow, something is really different on a growler.